Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. How many love the Word of God? I, I love the Word. I like, I like to preach the Word. I like to listen to preaching. And uh, I got a word for you today that I believe is specific for you in this season uh, of your church, of you in your individual lives. And so I'm going to read two passages of Scripture, uh, one out of the Old Testament, one out of the New Testament. And so uh, we're going to connect them together. And I believe the power of God is going to touch this place. And so uh, we're not going to leave the same. I, wa- I want you to know this. The church has sometimes in the past done a bad job of kind of like talking about the presence of God. It's been this mystical thing, like the presence of God is manifested here. I want you to know this. Your presence is here because you're here. My presence is here because I'm here. And God's presence is here because he's here. That's not weird. That's just cool. That's right. That's not, I don't want to go to church if he's not here. I don't want to get up on Sunday morning in Orange County, California, and come to a church building if Jesus ain't here. I'd rather go to the beach. But if Jesus is here, I think it's good to be here. And, uh, and he's here. The presence of God is here. You know this? The Holy Spirit isn't weird. I found this. I think I'm going to write a book on this someday. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. I found this to be true. If you're weird before the Holy Spirit, you're also weird after the Holy Spirit. But weird people like to use the Holy Spirit as an excuse for being weird. But we know you've been weird all along. We got you figured out. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. Holy Spirit is the best thing that God ever gave us. Jesus said, it's better for me to leave so that I can send the Holy Spirit, which the definition of the Holy Spirit is our helper. Man, that's awesome, isn't it? That God sent a helper to us in our life. And as we walk through this journey together, he has a helper for us. That's powerful. If you got your Bibles, go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. It'll be on the screen as well. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. This is the Old Testament. A lot of crazy things happen in the Old Testament. I don't know if you ever read your Old Testament. It's wild back there. Uh, but we're going to read a couple of verses and uh, pull some thoughts from it. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. It says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king... Over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, So the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal-perazim. Now, I want to explain just a couple things to set the foundation for where we need to go today. This text says David was anointed. This is King David. David was anointed. And then the enemy came against him full force. I'm going to tell you this, whenever God's trying to promote you, move you forward, anoint you, get you into an assignment, move a church forward, there is always opposition to what God wants to do. I have found where there's great opposition, there's also great opportunity. I found in my life that opposition serves as a prophetic indicator that God's doing something in my life. And this is what happened with David. He was moving forward, he was anointed by God, and then it says the enemy broke out against him. Full force. It said it spread out in the valley of Rephaim. That valley, valley of Rephaim, it actually means this. The place or the house of giants. I'm going to tell you this. The enemy 
he loves to get us or attack us when we're down. It's usually not on the mountains of life. It's usually in the valleys of life that the enemy comes against us in some sort of way, some type of opposition, some type of struggle, some type of difficulty. And that's what's happening here. It's the, it, and, and that place was called the place of the giants. I don't know if you've ever faced a giant in your life. I don't know if you ever needed breakthrough, ever needed God to come through for you. But this is what's happening. And God broke out against David's enemies. And it says David renamed the place the place of breakthrough. The God of the breakthrough, Lord of the breakthrough, or the place where waters burst forth. He said the place that has been called the place of giants now is going to be called the place of breakthrough. And that's what I want to declare to you from the very beginning today, that I don't know what you walked in with, I don't know what you're dealing with, but my prayer is that when you leave, when you identify a place of giants or a place of contention or a place of crisis in your life, that you're going to leave saying that now is a Baal perizim. That is a place where God broke through. Isn't that how God works? God will take the greatest challenges in our life and he'll flip them for his good. If you never went through a problem, you would never need a miracle. But God will use the problems in our life to show off his power and then he can get glory from bringing us through what no one else could get through. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. God wants to today, on this Sunday, God wants to take the place of your greatest battle and he wants it to make it a place of your greatest breakthrough. How many of you have faith for that today? You got faith that God's going to bring breakthrough in your life. Mark chapter 2 is our New Testament passage, all right? Mark chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, And again he entered Capernaum. This is Jesus that came into Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. I'm just going to let you know it's good news whenever Jesus is in the house. And so I, I want to be at the house where Jesus is at. I don't want to go to church where Jesus doesn't go. In fact, the Bible says the only thing that Jesus is actively building right now is his church. When you sow, when you tithe, when you invest, when you give your time, when you build the church of Jesus Christ, you're building the only thing that he's building. That's encouraging. And I want you to know he's in the house today. It says he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so much that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, everybody say breakthrough. When they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. I want to stop right there because I want to use these verses to pull some keys into our reality about breakthrough. I think that our, our world, and specifically the church, has overemphasized the word breakthrough. I mean, we talk about it all the time, breakthrough, breakthrough, God's going to break through. But I want to pull some thoughts from this story that I believe will help make breakthrough really be possible for me and for you to pull into our reality. I've got, I've got two boys, two sons, Jude and Genesis. Jude is five years old. He, he's incredible. He's sweet. He's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Give you compliments. He'll cuddle up with you. I mean, he's just, he's sweet. And, 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 and he loves Jesus. And he told me the other day he's going to be a veterinarian and a pastor. I'm like, all right, both of those? And, uh, in that order? And he said, oh, yeah, and I'm going to design toys. I said, well, that's, that's, that's good, too. It's like multiple streams of income there, bro. Uh, then Genesis, he's, he's, he's my youngest, and um, we're praying for him. He's in process. 
he is mean, he's aggressive, he doesn't listen, he just like polar opposite of his brother. I never, I'm never going to have to worry about him. He can handle his business. I mean, he just, he, he, he's, his salvation is, is in process. And so I love my boys, and I love getting to hang out with them, and, and uh, we got all kinds of traditions that we do together, and, and one of those is there's a certain store that we go to that has like one of those arcade games with the claw, the vending machines, you know, you try to win a prize, and a lot of times they'll have like really nice prizes in there that you have zero chance of winning. You ever notice that? Like they have an iPhone sitting in there, you're like, oh, well, it's a dollar, I'll try it. And you're not winning an iPhone. I mean, it's just, this, this is a scam. It's a setup. And so, so we've gone in there, and I've lost so much money on this machine, and this is a stuffed animal one. I mean, it's not even a nice thing. In fact, my boys have so many stuffed animals that I have to dig through the stuffed animals in the morning to find their bodies. I'm just like, this, that's a rhino, that's a giraffe, like, Jude, is that you? And, and, I mean, they got, but they need one more, apparently, so we keep on spending our money, a dollar each, that's my limit. One time, you get to put, I have lost hope of ever winning. I have just written it off in the budget as this is entertainment. $2 for entertainment. And so we go, we lose $2, and we move on with our lives. And so the other day we were at a different store, and they didn't have the claw machine. They had a, like a snack vending machine, which my boys thought was the same thing. So they're like, let's play, Dad. And so I'm like, guys, this is a guaranteed winner right here. And so they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, just press these buttons. So they press the buttons, and my Genesis cookies, you know, the thing starts spinning. The Genesis cookies falls out. We put the money in for Jude, and the thing starts spinning, and Jude's cookies get stuck. And I'm like, what is up with my luck in these stupid machines? And so I just kind of like, you know, walked over the machine and gave it a little, you know, just a little tap there, just kind of see if it didn't, didn't budge. So I'm hitting it a little harder, doesn't budge. And Jude's looking at me like, Dad, what are we going to do? We pay for our cookies. They're right there. And I'm like, right, I know, but I, I think like, I, I don't think we're going to get them today. They're stuck. Like maybe you can share and I could tell, like, his hero status for me was dropping. It's like, Dad, you paid for it. You can't even get the cookies out of the vending machine. So then I'm like, all right, now listen. We pay for it. We're going to get them. I could have paid another dollar and got another cookie, but apparently I needed that one uh, that I had already paid for. And I started thinking, like, that's kind of annoying that I paid for it and it stuck. It's, it's frustrating to me that I already paid the price for the cookies, but it's right there. And, and so then I just like brought back high school football days, went down to three-point stance, lowered down, hit that vending machine, rocked it back on his bat legs, came flopping down, cookies fell down, and I saw my, my son's eyes light up like, Dad, you're amazing. I'm like, that's right, that's right, don't you forget it. And he got, you know what, I was praying this week, and I, I, I thought, I wonder how many things Jesus paid for when he died on the cross and he spilt his blood that we are asking him for, but he already paid for, that are stuck in transition. I, I want to talk about breakthrough that's stuck in transition. I want to talk about breakthrough, not that Jesus is holding back from us, but G breakthrough that Jesus has paid for, for us, but we just haven't ever got it yet. You ever felt like that? It's like, you know God has the power. You know God can heal. You know God can provide. It's not really for us about knowing. It's about how do I pull that truth into my reality? We all say the right things when we're encouraging someone else. Well, just have faith, brother. Well, just believe God until it hits us. Until it's our cookies stuck in the vending machine of heaven. And then it's like, wait a second. Like, what, are, what is going on, God? And I want you to know this. 
I didn't have to pay again for the cookies I already paid. I had to figure out how to shake them loose. And I want to talk to you about keys of breakthrough and how you can shake loose the thing that Jesus already paid for for you. Because he's not holding it back, friend. He's not keeping it at a distance until you pay the right price. That would, be, that would be legalistic. That would be religion that would say you would have to pay to get this breakthrough. No, he said, I already paid for the breakthrough. I dropped the cookies down into your reality. Now I just need you to figure out how to access them and how to bring them into your world. In our story of these four men, in verse 1, it says, it was heard that he was in the house. It was heard. Maybe you don't even know this, but Jesus died so that you could be free, so that you could be peaceful, so that you could have joy, so that you could succeed, so that you could prosper, so that you could have, you, you could have a, a mind that is stable and sharp, so that you could walk in complete deliverance and purity. Do you know that all that's available? All that's already been paid for and is in the vending machine of heaven. It says they heard. You know, for some of you, your breakthrough might just be hinging on you hearing that breakthrough is available. That you don't have to live with a condition that doctors said you have to live with. That you don't have to live with the mental condition that doctors said that you will never get over. You ever heard people say, well, I'm just learning to live with my new normal. Well, that new normal, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, means that you're leaving breakthrough in the vending machine that we got to go after. Well, I already prayed, Pastor, and it didn't happen. I understand. I've been there. But it's not about praying and it not happening. It just means it hasn't happened yet. God's not going to go back on His Word. He just ha- it just hasn't come into my reality yet. So I'm going to pray if it takes 12 years, if it takes 25 years. I don't know if you're like me. I'm a little impatient. So I'm like praying for three days, and I'm like, okay, God, let, like, let's, let's renegotiate this. Like, what, what's happening? Are you all right? Like, we're, we're, I'm, I'm struggling down here. This is what happened in the story. There was a disconnect because Jesus was in the house with the power, and they were stuck outside with the issue. Jesus is inside with the healing. They're outside the house, can't get into the house, and they have the issue. It said that there was no longer room. There was no longer room, which tells me this. There used to be room, but there was no longer room. You ever felt like you missed a window of opportunity? You ever felt like you've made a mistake in your life that has robbed you of the breakthrough that you thought that you maybe could have? Maybe you're getting older and you've missed a window at some season of your life and you think it's, you're, you're, you're too old and you've missed it. Maybe you've made a lot of mistakes and you just feel like, man, I'm just like, I'm too far gone. This, this was not like they came to the house and the house had always been full. They came to the house too late. And scholars tell us that they were not the only men. These four guys were not the only people at the house that couldn't get in. There was hundreds of people outside the house that couldn't get in, that missed their moment. And for many of them, they took the closed door and the crowded house as a sign that they shouldn't be there. And a lot of them left. In fact, the only story we hear about breakthrough is from these four guys out of hundreds that came to the crowded house and decided that they were going to leave. The text says there was no longer room. So they missed it. They missed their moment. They missed the opportunity. They came to the right place. They came to the right house. They just got there too late. It says in verse 4, it says, And when they could not get in because of the crowd, 
You know, you know what I've found is that as Christians, it's really easy to blame other things for our lack of breakthrough. Like, I, I would have got healed, but I, I, would, I would volunteer in the small group, but I, I would tithe, but... I, and we got all of these excuses why we can't... In fact, we have a problem with a victim mentality in the church. That's what these, this is what most of the people in the crowd, they said, well, we can't get in because of the crowd. It's a crowded house, closed door. This, this happens in the church all the time. People say, well, no one, no one saw my gifts, so I guess, you know, I'm, I guess I'm not welcome here. Well, maybe you need to try harder. Maybe you need to be faithful. Maybe you need, need to be diligent. Maybe you need to show up a couple weeks in a row. Maybe you need to have a relationship with someone. Maybe, maybe you need to get over some offenses. Maybe, is that, is that all right to say, this is the last service, so I'm throwing in some extras? The first service didn't get that one, but I'm leaving after this, so I got to feel safe. <laughs> we, we have a victim mentality that says we've got to be seen, and breakthrough has to come to us, and we need this right now. This is what most of the people say we can't get in because of the crowd. But the Bible says that four of these men had a tenacity. They, they had a determination to do something different. See, what if your breakthrough is not in God's hands, what if your breakthrough is in your hands? I think for most of my life, I always thought breakthrough was in God's hands. And I'm going to prove this to you in a second. Some of you are like, well, that doesn't sound right. I'm, I'm acting like I'm still in Texas. That doesn't sound correct. It, this, this, it, it, does, it doesn't sound right at first, but what if breakthrough was more dependent on you than it was on God. Because did Jesus have to pay for the vending machine again? He already paid it. So his death on the cross, when he said it is finished, it released something to me. So is my breakthrough dependent on him? Or is it dependent on me? It's something to think about. See, this says this man had been suffering with this condition for a long time. It wasn't like it just happened. And this is how the enemy sometimes comes against us. It's not just in bad chapters or seasons of our life. It's our bad chapters and our bad seasons become bad cycles. So instead of it having a, a termination date, it repeats itself over and over and over again. This is what happened to this man. This man had been sick all his life. And scholars would tell us that he got worse and worse and worse. He was not getting better. So his friends brought him to Jesus. Thank God for good friends. His friends brought him to Jesus. But he was stuck in a cycle. But I want you to be careful about calling a cycle what God calls a chapter. Because this, my wife is an avid reader. She can read like multiple books in like the time it takes me to read a couple chapters. And I told the first service this, but she has, a, she has an issue. She will read the last couple pages of a book to find out if she likes it. I'm like, Dad, you gave it away. Like watching the last part of a movie to see if you want to watch the whole. No, you can't do that. Like the poor author that put all of that time into writing this book and you're judging it by the last couple pages. But she can know. She's like, oh, this can be a good book. I'm like, well, you already know what happens. Like, that you ruined it. But she, 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 loves, she, she loves to read. And I've noticed this in reading that, 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 that chapters have a chapter break. You ever notice this? Like there's different chapters in a book. It's usually not just like a book. Read the story. There's different chapters. And, and, and I've, I found this to be true. There can be a bad chapter, and it doesn't even mean that it's a bad story. In fact, I've found that sometimes the worst chapters make the best books. 
Because if there isn't a conflict in the writing, then there is no celebration in the remedy. So this is good news for me and for you. Because what I thought was a cycle, God calls a chapter. And if it's a chapter, then there's going to be an end to it. So no matter how bad it's been or how difficult it's been, it's ending, baby. I'm not going to stay here forever. I'm not going to be stuck here forever. I might be sick today, but I'm not going to be sick forever. I might be discouraged today, but I'm not going to be discouraged forever. I might be stressed out today, but I'm not going to be stressed forever. See, see if, if we came together today and we just said, for, for our talk today, the only thing we're going to do is we're going to look at John chapter 19. We're going to open up John chapter 19. We're going to read it from front to, from the beginning to the end. And then we're going to pray and we're going to be done for today. Just be, be blessed, be encouraged, be, be, be uh, what is it, be uh, warmed and fed or something like that. I don't know, some Christian churchy joke. It, John chapter 19. John chapter 19, we would learn that Jesus was arrested. That Jesus was flogged, he was whipped, the crown of thorns was pushed down on his head, that he was led to a cruel cross, he was crucified, and he died. Have a great Sunday. See you next week here at Ocean's Church. We're like, that's depressing. But the book's not over at chapter 19. If we would read chapter 20, we would find out that Jesus on the third day got up out of the tomb, rose from the dead, and is alive today. So you have to be careful that you don't let your chapter 19 define the rest of your life. Chapter 19 may have been hell. Chapter 19 may have been awful. But it doesn't mean chapter 20 isn't coming. Chapter 19 may have held on for a long time. Like somebody wrote a long chapter. But it does not mean that chapter 20 is not around the corner. At some point, we've got to trust that our God is good. And if he hasn't finished my life, if the book is not over, then chapter 20 is on its way. I don't know, I think somebody needs to know that. Your chapter 20 is on its way. Chapter 20 is on its way. The resurrection is on its way. God's going to use what the enemy meant for evil. He's going to turn it for your good. God's going to give you beauty for ashes. God's going to flip your story. There's a good end. There's a good conclusion that's on the other side of your chapter 19. Come on, why don't we just take 30 seconds and thank God for chapter 20. That's a good place to just praise God for a chapter 20. But I want to ask you this. What do you do when it feels like chapter 19 keeps repeating itself? I know I let you down. I got you so excited. And then what do you do when chapter 19 happens over and over and over? You know when you need a breakthrough? You need a breakthrough whenever God's word is different than your reality. Whenever there is a disconnect between my world and God's word, I need a breakthrough. That means little things. That means big things. That means healing. That means overcoming. Wherever there is a if, if I if I'm not saying who God says I am, if, God, if who God says I am is different than who I say I am, I, I need breakthrough. I, I need a breakthrough. Jesus paid for something that I am not accessing. In verse 4 it says, they uncovered the roof. Where he was. This, these four men had a determination to get to Jesus. They had an attitude about them. They said, no, we're getting... Many people left. Many people took off. And I like to say it this way. Breakthrough begins where my excuses end. Well, the crowd. Well, the music. Well, the volume. Well, the... Stop. 
Breakthrough begins where my excuses end. And these four men had decided the excuses were up. It's crowded. It's difficult. But we're getting, we're getting to Jesus. So they take this man, they take this friend, and they bring him with them, and they go up on the roof. Scholars tell us this was Peter's house. At Peter's house, is a humble house, one-story house, so it's packed out, no room at all. There's usually, in those type of houses, an outside staircase. So they probably brought that man up the staircase, they went to the roof, and because it was kind of a poor house, they would have multiple layers of roof. They have tar, and they have different type of materials to make a roof as the cheapest way possible. So in order to get through that roof, you would have to take it off layer by layer. And, 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 and this really got me because my entire life, I thought breakthrough was like God's karate chop to the devil. Right? It's like when you think of breakthrough, you think of like, ka! Like, it, you don't think of... I don't like this. I like that. Like, I like God shows up on the scene. I'm healed. It's over, baby. Like, but it feels like sometimes I have to uncover breakthrough. You ever felt like breakthrough just doesn't come right away? See, I had issues sometimes in my faith because I'm, I'm saying, like, you're the God of the breakthrough. I don't understand why this isn't happening now. And then I read this story, and for the first time, I saw something different. I've read it hundreds of times, and I saw this. It says that they uncovered the roof, which tell me, tells me this, that breakthrough is not an event. It's a process. Do you know the only people that it looked like breakthrough to? Jesus and everybody in the house. Because they're just like chilling. Jesus is teaching, probably preaching a great message. Everyone's listening. They're like, we're in the house. They aren't. <laughs> and they're loving it. And, 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 and then all of a sudden the roof breaks open. And they drop this paralytic, this crippled man. Which it didn't matter anyways because he was already crippled. I said that in the first service. It's a bad joke. It's, <laughs> Jesus is like, this miracle got a little more difficult. Um, but it didn't matter. You know, he already couldn't walk. And, and Jesus healed him. Okay, at a good end. Chapter 20 for him. But the breakthrough looked like breakthrough to Jesus, but it didn't feel like breakthrough to them. To them, it looked like diligence. It looked like determination. It looked like obedience. It looked like trust. It looked like faith. And layer after layer, they begin to uncover their breakthrough. I, I want to help somebody with your breakthrough by saying this. Breakthrough happens in layers. You are going to have to fall in love with layers if you want to experience breakthrough in your life. There's been about two times in my entire life that breakthrough just happened now. Every other time, it looked like obedience and diligence. You know what I heard somebody say the other day? They, they, they were talking about your church, Ocean Church, and your pastor. And they were saying, man, this is incredible. They've had breakthrough. They're in a building in a year. And I was thinking, this didn't feel like a breakthrough to Pastor Mark. I remember before this church even existed that he was praying and he was believing God that he would have favor and he would find the right people and the right building. This has been in his heart for years. Now what people see is what happened in a moment. I had a pastor come and talk to me a little while ago and he said, man, your church is like an overnight success. And I'm like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> this church is resulted when I was 16 years old. 
I had an encounter with God and was called to ministry. When I was 18 years old, I wouldn't go out with my friends on the weekend, and I would go to church, and I'd pray till 1, 2, 3 in the morning. I would seek the face of God. When I was 21, saying no to things so I could say yes to God. It was years in the making. Now, it's just starting to come above the surface, and people are saying, well, that's an overnight success. No, that's a lot of layers. It's a lot of obedience. It's a lot of diligence. That's why some of us get so disenchanted with God. Because we come to church and we get full of faith. And we hear great preaching and great messages. You have one of the greatest preachers. And, and, and you're full of faith and you walk out and, and, and there's no breakthrough. And I'd like to propose this to you. That breakthrough happens in layers. And that today may be the first step in your journey of peeling back a layer. I was praying it was about a week ago. And I was in prayer. And... Um, I, 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 I was just praying for, for the services. I was about to preach in our church. And the Holy Spirit brought back to my memory a conversation I had with someone 13 years ago. And they said something to me 13 years ago. I hadn't even thought about that conversation in years. But I lived with the effects of that conversation every single week that I would get up and preach. Because what they said in negativity, I carried with me. And now I would minister, but I would have that in the back of my mind. And I wasn't thinking about that conversation, but I, the effects of that conversation affected my life. And I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Dustin, you're not receiving breakthrough because you can't let go of what someone said to you when you were 13. So in this area of your life, you've got to peel back a layer. Now I want to show you, as we close, I want to show you how to peel back layers. Because this is, this, this is, how many like visual learners? Like sometimes to see something. So let me, let me just do it this way. Because this is the last, this is the last service. Can I got like four guys, just really quick to jump up here on the stage. Just, just come help me. Come, come help me. Yeah, I need four. Yeah, yeah, come on. What's up, man? Just pretend like you're carrying like a guy on a mat, okay? We won't bring a guy to lay on the mat. Okay, so we got, that's good, that's good, that's good. I'm going to get three. Just get, get on this side. Each of you got a corner of the mat. And we got our friend. He's, he's paralyzed. And they're carrying, okay? You guys are doing really well. Thank you. <laughs> he strategically chose that position. Uh, if you got it, flaunt it, man. This is good. So they get up on the roof. Now, this is awesome. Jesus is right there. He's right there. Now, I want to ask you a question. How do you dig through the roof while you're carrying what you came with? The only way, <laughs> that's good. I like that. Innovative. Ruins my message. The only way to remove layer by layer when you're carrying something is to Lay down what you're carrying so that you can remove the layers. Now, I want to help you. Some of you came into church with something today. And the reason you can't contend for your own breakthrough is because of what you're carrying. And in order to remove a layer, you're going to have to lay down a burden. If you're going to, did somebody catch that? If you're, if you're going to remove a layer, 
You got to lay. I had to lay down a 13-year-old conversation that someone said to me that was rude. It was mean. It hurt me, and it stuck with me. But if I was going to get breakthrough in my identity in Christ, in my assignment, in who I was, and who God said I was, I had to lay down what I was carrying. People say hurtful things, and you can pick it up and you can carry it, but it'll weigh you down and it'll keep you from breakthrough. At some point, it could be well-meaning people. It could be someone that said something, a parent that said something to you when you're 11 years old. Now you're 51 and you're carrying it. But if you want breakthrough, you're gonna have to lay it down so that you can remove the layer. Thanks, guys. You're gonna have to remove the layer. You can give my hand, they did pretty good some good-looking men here at Ocean's Church. You're going to have to remove a layer. See, I, I want breakthrough without any sacrifice. Selfishly. I want to carry him up to the roof and just by nature, me getting up on the roof, I want Jesus to break through to me. Can I tell you something? When they broke through the roof, Jesus was ready, willing, and able to heal that man. So the breakthrough was there. They had to get to the breakthrough. So they carried in them breakthrough. They, they car- when they decided we're going to get to Jesus, they decided they had breakthrough. When, when they decided if we just get to Jesus, no matter what the opposition, no matter what the limitation, we are going to get to Jesus, that secured their breakthrough. I want you to know what is keeping you from Jesus or what is keeping you from breakthrough is not Jesus. What's keeping you from breakthrough is natural limitations. A pastor that didn't see your gifts, someone that didn't greet you on the way in, someone that didn't treat you the way that they should have, someone that said something negative, posted something negative. So whatever it is, it's natural limitations. God's not holding back breakthrough. He has breakthrough. He's waiting for breakers to decide, I'm gonna break through limitations. I'm gonna lay down the burdens I've been carrying, peel back the layers so that I can experience this breakthrough. There's a scripture in 1 John chapter 4. It says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is, oh, he's in, he's in me. Oh, Jesus, I need, no, no. He's in me. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in, he's going to work with you. He's going to family reunions with you. He's, he's, good. he's in traffic with you. He's at the beach with you. He's with you. You carry breakthrough. Well, God, just give me the breakthrough. He's like, I'm ready, willing, and able. Can you just get through your natural limitations and get to me? Because if you get to me, the breakthrough is ready. The man's healing was ready. The man's healing was available. They just had to figure out, how do I get the man through the natural limitations to get to the feet of Jesus? Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 really familiar scripture it says I can do how many things all things what if you just stop the verse right there that'd be pretty arrogant wouldn't it if I just got up guys so good to see you pastor Dustin I can do everything I mean really all things it's not, it's, it doesn't stop there it's arrogance if you stop there I can do all things That's, it's arrogance by through Christ. And there's some people that are just really heavy on that side. Oh, it's not me, brother. It's the Lord. You ever heard that? It's like, man, boy, you sang beautifully today. It wasn't me. It was the Lord. If it was the Lord, you would have never hit that bad note. 
We would all been on our faces crying, holy, holy, holy. Like, God had to use someone, all right? Like, so some people, they can't even recognize that God wants to use them. So it's either one side or the other. But this is what I want to propose to you. What God's doing at Ocean Church is raising up breakers. People that carry breakthrough, which is this. I can do all things. How many things? All things. Through Christ. I'm confident, but I'm not confident in me. I'm confident in him that's in me. I'm con- so I'm confident, but I'm dependent. To be just dependent is to be in poverty. To be just confident is to be arrogant. But I'm confident, and I'm, de- I'm dependent on him. Confidence plus dependence equals breakthrough. I'm going to tell you this. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Breakthrough is not something out there. Breakthrough is in you. And you came to the right place this morning because God knew you'd be here. He designed your life so that you would be here for this moment. And his heart is that you would experience breakthrough. Not because we have it. You have it. You, you have it. It sounds foreign to us, doesn't it? It almost sounds wrong. Because I've been begging God for breakthrough for all these years. You just need to get through your natural limitations of whatever's keeping you at a distance from God. And get close to Him because He's ready. This, somebody needs to hear this today. He's ready. He's willing. And He's able. He has the power. He has the ability. And He has the willingness. And I believe in our last couple moments together, I really believe this. God's going to bring breakthrough in your life. Ocean's Church is just taking off what God's doing. You know why Ocean's Church is going to take off? Because you're going to take off. A great pastor doesn't make a church. A great band doesn't make a church. Great people make the church. That's how the church was originated. It was the church of Jesus Christ. It was the people. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are breakthrough. We are breakers. And we carry that wherever we go. You're not less than. You're not beneath. You're not, you're, you're, you're not just trying to make it I'm confident I can do all things because it's through him not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week